0: Drink beer.
1: Think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. Episode 107 of Brew Bloods. A very special episode. It
2: was so special.
1: It was very special. and I, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, so special that I am now ensconced in my bubble boy tent at home. <laughs> Feeling uh, all pressure in the face, massive snot, and... Uh, Rampant headaches, so good times, thanks a lot yeah Carlsbury.
2: Mark may sound a little bit distant, but you know he's he's basically here
1: uh yeah, I'm, not really though, but I'm firmly in a, in a bubble boy tent across the street, which that's what he prefers but no i shouldn't I shouldn't blame oak Islands because they, they were uh, actually pretty nice to us, so I shouldn't blame them for my sickness. My sickness is just uh, a way of life that's true
2: you you do sound kind of like you got that gravelly uh as you would call it sexy voice going.
1: Yeah, it's not, I don't need. I think flummy. Yeah, it's not real sexy. It's uh, just okay. extremely flummy.
2: Maybe if you sing a ballad or something, it would, <laughs> it would sound more seductive.
1: Uh, not today. I don't know that I could scratch out a palatable note at this point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we went to Oak Island's brewery. It's a uh, brewery uh, uh, right around the corner, almost literally, uh, literally two miles from us, from Perfect. our house. And they've been open uh, two years as of uh, the, com- at the Saturday after this comes out.
2: Yeah, we decided to actually uh, loop our arms together and skip up there. Yeah, it was we great.
1: S- we skipped all two miles the entire way, <laughs> and then we, we skipped back.
2: Skipping's a little faster than walking, yeah. so yeah. we decided to do that.
1: That's true. A little easier than galloping the entire way, though. So It is. Uh, we talked to uh, Darren and Brad. They are the founders of Oak Highlands Brewery, and uh, they sp- spent a lot of time with us. Unfortunately, we had some technical issues at the very end. Our recorder ran out of space, and... Uh, you don't get to hear the last answer from Brad uh, about what was the weirdest ingredient they used, but
2: yeah, Mark was a little cheap. He didn't get the expanded uh, memory card, but hopefully I, we'll resolve that future in the future. Well,
1: we never had that problem before, so I didn't know True. that that was going to be an issue. So You can and admit anyways, you're cheap. It's fine. Uh, it's fine. I am extremely cheap. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the last answer is they uh, he said the weirdest, I think the weirdest ingredient they'd ever used was jackfruit and he it was apparently this giant fruit, and I don't know what jackfruit tastes like, but uh, that's pretty much all I remember from that. Yeah, because the audio does cut off. <clears throat> if you want to see the video,
2: the video goes all the way through, actually.
1: Uh, actually, it doesn't. I when I was editing, uh, it was uh. I had to, it was so messed up today. I I had to cut it off when. His answer cuts off. So, oh, okay. Anyways, well, it was see-
2: originally. I didn't know you cut it off. Okay, yeah.
1: Fair unfortunately, much. I had to. Uh, if you want to see the video, you can go to YouTube or uh, just go to brewbloods.net. There's a YouTube link there, and you can see the video of this interview. Uh, or if you're enjoying this nice audio podcast, and you can continue to enjoy this. But uh, either format, <laughs> please formats- continue to enjoy this. Yes, please do. Um, either way, whichever format you prefer. Uh, here are Darren and Brad from Oak Highlands Brewery.
3: Hey guys, Josh here just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain that no matter when you're listening to this podcast Thursday is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond. And it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you eatin', what you drinking we'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons promotions of all the latest happenings and you can be a part of the show with us each and every thursday at noon liquidlunchshow.com is where we're located also on our facebook page and our youtube channel streaming live video and audio your choice come join the party kick off the weekend thursday at noon liquidlunchshow.com that's liquid lunch we'll see you there
1: Today, we're at uh, Oak Islands Brewery, and we're here with the uh, owners, founders of Oak Islands uh, Brad Mall and Darren Williams. This is definitely the closest, closest brewery uh, we've visited. Yeah, 2.2 uh, miles yeah, it's, from our houses. Yeah, it's it's we, definitely right nice. in our neighborhood. Yeah, we live right across the street from each other, so <laughs> it's right. a nice short drive for us. So you guys, we're here because it's your second anniversary. So tell me, when you think of your second anniversary, what's the first thing that pops in your head, reflecting on the past two years? Uh, first off, it's extremely hard to believe it's been two years.
4: Yeah. Um, that's the number one thing for me. I can think back when we... You know, first got our CO, first got our our building permit, uh, our first batch of beer through the system, and it honestly feels like it was two weeks ago. Yeah. You know? uh, so it's really hard for us to believe that it's actually well, for at least me to believe it's <laughs> been two years. Um, so I, you know, that's that's the thing that that
2: I think.
5: So yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the things that's crazy is somebody says, "Hey, remember when this happened?" And, yeah, you know, like last month? Right. <laughs> no, no, that was that was, that
2: before, was eighteen months ago. Yeah, before you opened, it's like
5: what? No, it's. It, it's been such a blur all the things that we've had to deal with um to, to get the place open to you know getting into all the places we're in uh dealing with the, the legislative session that was a new wrinkle that was thrown at us this year being on part of the part of the guild's legislative oh. committee so that was a you know just it's just been a whirlwind yeah. but uh, i can tell you it's been it's been an awesome ride so far so uh tell
1: us your love story how the two of you guys meet uh actually we met at a uh well we our wives
4: knew each other ahead of time but um we met through a big group of friends um, you know through our wives uh, we started uh, I independently brewing um, and each of us didn't know it that we were homebrewers mm-hmm. um, and uh, him back in college and, and me probably about 10 twelve years ago and uh, just at a Christmas party together with a bunch of friends and we were talking about I was talking to someone about I was gonna homebrew the next day and Brad kind of overheard it and was like Are you homebrew and, you know it's it just kind of Went from there. We yeah. decided after uh, uh, after that that we'd get together and start uh, you know brewing together, just put do a couple collaborations together, and it just literally snowballed
2: from there. So, what kind of beers were you guys brewing uh, on the homebrew front? Uh, I mean, I think
4: the first one we did was uh, DF Dub. Yeah, it was DF Dub. The Dunkelbier
2: D- together was DF
4: Dub, and then uh, after that it was either IPA or Must. I mean, basically the beers we have now yeah. are the first beers that we perfected together. Oh, so. that's nice. Yeah, that's so convenient. one three
5: six, uh, all good. Golden Mustache, DF Dub, Derelict, Freaky Deaky, and Charity. Those are all regular players in our homebrew uh, repertoire for, for years.
1: So uh, how many years earlier. have passed since you started those recipes to where you guys opened doors? How many years was that? It was probably nine years ago. Oh, yeah. about, uh, wow. So a good seven-year stretch. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. and, and again,
5: so we, we, we brewed you know, as home brewers, way more than those six. But those are the beers that people kept asking about and and the beers that we wanted to brew again Mm -hmm. and the beers that people said, well, when are you going to have this again? And so when we started talking about maybe putting this brewery together, we started looking at the list of all the beers that we wanted to make and the styles that we wanted to make and started looking at what was available in the marketplace and what we wanted our brewery to be and these six kind of fit right in the wheelhouse of what we wanted our our brewery to be, which was a brewery that brews some classic beer styles that people may not have heard about, you know, and, and to show them that, hey, just because it's a 300-year-old German recipe doesn't mean it's something that's obscure or not or you're, that you're not going to like. I mean, most people haven't heard of a Dortmunder lager before.
1: Mm, uh, sure. But yeah. it's
5: it's one of our best-selling and, and most refreshing beers that we make. So. Well,
1: and frankly, not a lot of people do Kolsches around here either, so... It's it's definitely caught on as a
4: style. Yeah. Uh, people are realizing that, you know, uh, a golden ale or, mm-hmm. or a Kolsch is a, is a lighter,
1: easy-drinking ale. Yeah, It's nice for all the hot weather around
2: yes. here. You got absolutely.
1: it. You got it. Yeah, so. Guava Gouda is one of my go-to beers every oh, summer. I love much. that beer. I love you. that beer. You.
5: you know, what most people think, uh, you know, with the Kolsch, they don't they think of a, of a blonde. And, and mm-hmm. the German Kolsch have that little bit of citrus flavor at the end that comes from the Kolsch yeast. And so you can tell if you get a, a really authentic Kolsch, um, if it's got that little citrus bite to it. Yeah. Um, There are some colches in in the area that that don't have that for various reasons, but true true colches are are awesome beers if you can find them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoy them every time you guys roll that out. It's it's a welcome style, yeah, this time of year especially. Right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, are sweating your butts off just after getting out of a cold shower, (laughs) even. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, did you guys, not only judging by demand when you're home brewers, did you guys take any of your beers to competitions? And how did that fare? So you're talking as, as homebrewers? yeah, just as
4: home brewers, yeah. Oh yes, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. and that's um, and you know we we uh, entered contests with uh, a lot of the other local breweries that are that are you know, that are now actually breweries yeah. uh, at, when they were still home um, And so um, the right down at, at Bishop Arts when it was at Bishop Arts because this year they didn't do it, but. <laughs> It that was uh that was our first one and our first competition we took people's choice and a, a few other medals as well just for the beers yeah um so that was and that was still back when i mean deep ellen was serving down there uh, yeah. lakewood was serving four corners it was right before all those guys actually started uh their breweries um so knowing that our beers you know on the homebrew side could still compete with them and that's when we started
1: thinking that hey you know maybe we can we could do this as well yeah so you guys are you able to claim victory over Lakewood? Oh. and i'm just say trounce you in this competition no, 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 so, no. so
5: the first year that that happened those guys were those guys were on the verge of opening their brewery so they yeah. weren't actually competing with us but they were there um, oh i see and okay. then the next year they were all judges and then mm-hmm. the next year uh we took four out of the five categories oh, wow. so we were awesome really excited about that now the cool part about it well I don't know if it's cool, but the, the part about it for us that was was uh, made us want to do this even more is every time we'd enter a competition and people would ask us, well, where can I buy your beer? Right. So there's obviously some contingent of the population that wanted to try the styles that we were making. And um, it just took us a little longer than some of the other guys to to get off the ground. We mm-hmm. you we know, were both married and have, had young kids at the time and both have uh, have had really good jobs and had to figure <laughs> out how to how to navigate this and make this business work uh, yeah. with our current family situations it, it took us a little bit but you know we got there and we're glad to be here
2: are you guys not are you both 100 percent in the brewery now or do you still just me just you? Oh, okay yeah i still have my uh my my
4: full-time
1: paying job oh, okay <laughs> but i'm here a lot <laughs> it's a lot to balance <laughs> yeah. how is the work-life balance now that you have your own brewery I mean, I guess if you're working two jobs, that's yeah, going to be tough. I, yeah,
4: it's, it's, a, it's a tough juggling act for me. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of scheduling and, and just mm. figuring out you know, where I need to be when. Yeah. Um, you know, family life, obviously, is a big one, too. Uh, I've got two, two kids, and Brad's got three, and obviously both married. And, and
1: um, you know, making sure that we have time for them as well is, is, a, is a big deal. Do you ever think about making your family time, having them come up and clean the place for you? or Actually, make some beer, Scrub <laughs> tanks and stuff
4: like Scrub that. Scrub tanks. Why, and my nine-year-old, almost 10-year-old son, I, he, I I pay him five bucks. He comes up here and nice. helps you, you, you know. do a little bit of work. My, so.
5: my 11-year-old cleans kegs. It's uh you know, no, as as my dad said when I started working for him at eight years old, it's not yeah. uh, it's not child labor if it's your own child. That's true. and That is absolutely the law. So, it's cheap labor, um, but true. You know, as, as far as a work balance, I was a lawyer before I did this, so yeah. this is absolutely a step,
1: oh, it's going to be a big relief. It's, a, yeah. it's,
5: yeah. A, it's I, a step down. The difference is I, I don't he's have he's still a reforming lawyer. I don't have to lawyer. worry about other people's problems. We yeah. have to worry about ours. So um, it's definitely more balance. I get to see my kids and my family a lot more mm-hmm. than I did. Yeah. But, but at the same point in time, it's not any less work or stress. Sure. It's just uh, you know we're trying to build. build something here and it'd be a it?
1: lot more enjoyable
2: Oh least. it's <laughs>
5: absolutely a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> you just uh, you know, you just work as hard as you can and try yeah. to make this thing as as Best as it can be.
2: Although I would assume that history helps with some of these legal challenges that have come up recently. I know, like Michael Petacolos has been one of the big leaders in the area
5: to help l- yeah, with some of and this. Yeah, that's and, what the legislative committee I talked about earlier right. came in. I mean, that was a big help for us, to, uh, you know, getting down there and having you know, somebody else with a legal background talking with some of these legislators about what the implications of the laws that they were trying to pass and the one that did pass were. Uh, yeah. or so.
4: I think it's been, a, you know, having Brad uh, serving on the legislative committee, has been good. It's been real good for the uh, the whole industry, yeah, which, sure. uh, for the state, because you know you need you need voices like that, people that are lawyers that have been lawyers for mm-hmm. eighteen years, nineteen years, and mm-hmm. and um, and you know not just uh, you know some guy that owns a brewery. I mean, right. a guy that's actually practiced law and n- understands law. That's that's a big deal, and that's why Michael was great, and that's why I think Brad's going to be awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's yeah. a
1: real boon to the Texas scene because we know the, I mean, just from the distributorship to their lobbyists alone being mm-hmm. kind of oppressive to the little guys, especially. <laughs> Um, wow. Not to speak of the legislature yeah. itself. I mean, well,
2: and just Texas' view that appears to be very oppressive to beer in particular. Well, you yeah. know, more than wine or liquor or anything else. Yeah, it like they have very specific laws. You
5: know, I'll say this: the, the first off, the the brewery owners in this state are fantastic. I mean, Absolutely. The, I mean, the the people that are part of the Craft Brewers Guild that that make their voices heard and are there at every meeting and are and are, are trying to make sure that um, that that the best interests of the beer community are going forward I mean, the, the folks that we have in Texas are as good as any, anywhere in the world in terms of, mm-hmm. of their business minds, their, their, their legal acumen and, and just looking out for the greater good of all of us. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't always translate into getting what we want or right. even stopping what we don't want. And the, the biggest part of that is the fact that if you look back at uh, the last legislative session, the numbers aren't out for this session, but the session before that, the, World, uh, the the two big distributor lobbies gave over seven million dollars to the legislature. Where yeah. the craft brewers guild gave two hundred thousand or some, some right. something ridiculous yep. like that. The biggest thing that we've learned and that, that I think everyone has come to the realization of is that we can't compete with with the dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can the the legislators can talk a big game about saying how they say small business first or Texas open for business and that sort of thing, but the reality comes that that doesn't win them elections money does and they, they yeah sure for example every state representative that represents there's three of us are represented this brewery right here mm-hmm. and our state senators all voted for the bad bill that was passed this year right mm-hmm. despite incredible lobbying by myself and other people who went sure. down there four or five times it's which just, is
2: supposedly supposed to help people around your size or it, smaller right yeah <laughs> that's, it, it that's what it. they claim no. <laughs> no. It
5: has, it, it, it's a negative bill for everything all yeah. the way around it's a cash grab yeah. by the right.
2: distributors
4: i think it's going to be them? one it's going to be one one's deals so we're going to have to educate the public and yeah. i think mm-hmm. that that's and have them understand what it means um
5: well, the funny thing about that is is when you ask the public, when you ask them to sign a petition, are you for this or against it, overwhelmingly they're against it. Mm-hmm. Right. Overwhelmingly. The problem is the legislature, they don't care about that when they're already in session. Mm-hmm. Or they, they don't worry, know about they it. They worry about re-election when mm-hmm. it's time to worry about re-election. Right. And so the, it's going to be an interesting scene for the next couple of years because you're going to see, the, I believe, my hope is, you'll see the Kraft Guild be more outspoken, more vocal. You'll see, start seeing a lot more, a lot bigger push mm-hmm. from us. Um, And hopefully that will get some folks educated about what's going on, um, and hopefully we'll get some things changed. If not, at least you'll have, like you said, they'll have a better better educated public about what is actually actually going on in the state legislature.
1: Well, it doesn't help things that the, I think it's our governor, the Senate governor that, uh, I can't remember if he's a former distribution executive, is his right-hand man. Now uh, and
5: yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> mean, it's I forgot. I forgot his Wouldn't name. Surprised me.
1: Yeah, yeah But well, he's he's a he was a former distributor exec and yeah, is now the, his right hand man. For so. the time
5: being, it's going to be is the status quo. Mm-hmm. Bad law happens. Craft breweries sue. Craft breweries win. Yeah, and the law goes away. For example, you've got the whole Pediculus lawsuit about. Or, I'm sorry, it was yeah, it was Petacolis about selling our distribution mm-hmm. rights, which is a right that we lost in 2013. We well, right. won that lawsuit. It's on appeal, but they want it, and they yeah. want it handily. We've got Deep Ellum's lawsuit that's pending for the sale of beer on premises. Hopefully, we'll win that one. It should be any, any, any time now that we should get a ruling on that one or a trial. So, hopefully, it right. will come down in all of our favor.
2: This new one, giving the distributors a cut of sales on premises, mm-hmm. uh, it really, seems, it's very really long, seems bad. It's very mob-esque. Well, yeah, we'll like, be, uh, and
5: think, a little protection racket. Yeah, I understand <laughs> the entirety of that bill. They wanted to outlaw... Any tap room for anybody who had affiliation with somebody who made more than 250000 barrels of beer. Right. Okay? But then guess what the compromise was? Okay, we're going to grandfather in the ones that are already here and give them the right to open up two more. But Oscar Blues, (laughs) who is completely independent, is not connected with mass beer at all, Mm -hmm. they they don't get that right. They're not grandfathered in. They can't have a tap room. Wow! Yeah, but insane.
1: Yeah, but AB, of course, AB and There was some. There was some backdoor talks. Yeah, they like they get, get it right to is. two oh, more.
5: Yeah. So yeah, it's really shady, really awful. And no matter, no matter what we said or what we did, it was uh, it was uh, like a like
1: i deaf just running in a
5: hamster wheel. I mean, ah, it's is crazy. Great. That's but, really frustrating. Yeah, but well, you know what? We're still here. Yeah, we'll true. be here tomorrow, and we'll keep fighting. So. How
1: much time do you think you when you every time you have to go lobby for your side or? spend time in that legislature. How much time do you spend doing that, would you say? I mean, is it eight hours a day for a few weeks, or how does it work?
5: It's it's a day or two here every every month or so. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, in the last year and a half, it was probably close to two, three weeks' worth of time, but
1: it's necessary. Still do.
5: (laughs) It's necessary. 100% necessary. It sucks
1: you you have to waste even even that much time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you're meeting with reps individually, too, to talk to them and...
5: The way the guild works is we have a guild. Everybody who's a voting member has a right to participate in the legislative committee. Mm -hmm. Not everybody does. We go down there and we have a legislative meeting, and then after the meeting we break up and we go try to hit certain reps. Obviously, the reps that represent us we want to hit, but we also go along with other other folks who may not have ever met their reps before or may not feel comfortable speaking by themselves or you know just want a little extra push. So Mm -hmm. we go around and try to talk to as many people as we can. We have a lobbying firm, Mm -hmm. and they they talk to them more than we can. So um
1: yeah do you i mean obviously don't name names but did you did you ever feel like you had somebody on your side that was a saver up and then they flipped on you
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
5: without names yeah, yeah. All house of, of cards all of them
1: <laughs> right. and it's so that's so terrible like that's part of the problem i have with this state is like oh we're supposed to be all small business but it's like hey big business, business here have everything well i will say yeah. that's one of,
5: one of our legislators uh he went to his office three times, and mm-hmm. three times he said, absolutely, I'm I'm sponsored a bill in your favor. Um, I will vote against this, vote against it. And when it came down for the vote, he voted present.
2: Oh, nice. <sighs> That's terrible. It's also rough around here, given uh, the fact that Texas only meets over two years. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. It takes
1: forever yeah. to get anything done. Yeah.
5: That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. But uh, –
1: I mean, yeah. while TABC is out there uh, actively cracking down on everybody, whether it's legitimate or not.
5: Uh, TABC's <laughs> got their own issues. And, uh, yes, they true. do. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're up for sunset next year, or next legislative session. So oh, really? This be interesting. Interesting.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I thought it was interesting that – who was it that released – they got a label approved called Cluster F yeah. that was released the same week that all these – uh, reports came out about their own ineptitude uh, it's pretty awesome that it got through, and they're like well it's a free speech issue if somebody wants to buy it they can buy it so I, mean, I guess good on them for
5: once <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know honestly the TABC is a ne- I, in my opinion is a necessary entity mm-hmm. we need somebody out there because sure, sure. if you don't it'll be the wild wild west and the things that we all already complain about when it's small beer versus big beer will just yeah. become even more so yeah
1: I agree they're, they're a necessary evil it's just I wish they a little more logic
2: you know yeah, like
5: no absolutely
1: yeah, We'll play into it.
2: Um, to bring it kind of more back to the brewery, uh, sure. it's, uh, what ties do you guys have to Lake Highlands specifically? Have you lived here a while? Or yes. it, what Did you want to open up a neighborhood-type brewery or, and, and at least start that way?
4: Yes. So uh, we both live
2: in Lake Highlands in an area
4: called Oak Highlands Estates. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Hence That's name. where the Oak Highlands is. my <laughs> second
2: question. <laughs> I've never heard from, of that. Right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> it's, uh, so if you know, we're, uh, it's right off Royal and between Greenville and Abrams. It's right next okay. to S. Moss Park. True. Okay. The States. Uh, that's where we both live uh, We've lived there, I've lived there for 10 years He's lived there for 9 years nine. And um, and that's where we started actually brewing together in our, in our neighborhood And so, I don't know if you've ever uh, I mean, naming a business and naming beers Are probably two of the hardest things you've ever done yeah. But right. that was we ran in circles with all different kinds of names And it all came back to where we started brewing together
1: and yeah, so that that's sense. that's
4: where the name came that, that's
1: where the Oak Brewery came Plus, from Plus potential trademark violations and all that jazz you have to <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. you have to worry about like oh we got a perfect name oh, Ah, yeah, crap exactly. somebody well, yeah, we, that's the way beer names are yeah, becoming yeah, anymore Absolutely I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy
5: Yeah we we had to get a waiver from our homeowners association
1: yep. to actually
4: really? That was the group. only person that we wow. the only group that we had to get a waiver from was our homeowners association <laughs> Interesting
1: <laughs> Crazy.
5: They wanted our money, so they gave it to us. So
1: that makes. We, sense. we just <laughs> went ahead and just gave him a beer. So <laughs> right, gave him yeah. Some beer, so. Did you give him to waive the HOA fees with uh, <laughs> <laughs> beer? <laughs> yeah, no,
2: they money. They're
5: That'd be nice. Money,
1: they're, they're, All about the money. They, they want the money. So uh, two years ago, I guess. How long did it take you to open the brewery? I mean,
5: yes, we started uh, what t- twenty fourteen uh, and twenty fourteen. I think we May. had um, we started raising money in May and June of twenty fourteen. Right. Signed the lease in November. 2014
4: uh, it was i mean it was a little later than that but i think we had all of our plans and, and i think the uh, no i think that's right because we got the we got in our, february uh no we got our we got our construction, construction permit in february, in february. and um and then our co was in i think it was late june so july 16th yeah. was our opening of 2015 so the uh, reality is from literally when we had our money raised to when we opened the doors was almost a year yeah that sounds
1: about apart from the course of everybody else we've talked to. Yep. Yep. So what, what was the aha moment you're like, we've been doing these home homebrews. When did you, you're like, for you, mm-hmm. I have to quit my job and go do this. This stuff is definitely good enough. Someday you will be able put to quit your job brewery, and do yeah. this. <laughs> um, what, what was that moment, the sparky moment? that?
5: You know, I think, for me, I think it was never wanting to look back and say, I wish I had done that. Mm-hmm. And we kind of reached the point in our lives where, if I if well, I did anyway, if I didn't do this now, I, I likely wasn't going to be able to do it in the mm-hmm. future.
0: Right.
5: Um, I mean, obviously, you always could do it, but the, you know, I, I'd been a partner in our law, in law firm I was with for a decade, and, and it just seemed like the right point to to say, you know what, I'm going to break off and, and give this uh, the the best try that I possibly can. And uh, I, I think the aha moment came you, you know four years or so before when we were at competitions or at you know events with our beer and having people saying man we really want to buy this how can we how can we get Mm it um and so working towards that uh, over the next few years to to raise the money you figure it out um it was all kind of part of one long but fulfilling process for sure
1: yeah
4: yeah i'd say the same thing i mean it's uh the aha moment definitely was i mean if you want to call it a moment, is when people mm. always consistently asking us where they can get our beer, and just the public not knowing. Guys, were homebrewers. This is a homebrew guy. <laughs> yeah, home Speaking of
5: beers. You guys need one? <laughs> I'm good right now. Thank you. You
1: right, <laughs> <gonna laughs> to pause for a second? No, I was just <laughs>
5: going to text. Eric.
1: Okay. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> text the bartender. It's an advantage being an owner. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he should know better. He should come over. and try, you know, Yeah. Yeah. You know, waiter service
4: there. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I think there was throughout the whole process. Uh, uh, like I said, the the you know, honestly, one of the biggest. If not the biggest, was getting our construction permit. Yeah, and I mean, we took a picture, and, and I mean, you can go back on our Facebook or whatever and find that picture. Brad and I are standing right there mm. in that right. There with a picture. This is all carpeted. This is all, you know, has sectioned off into office space. And oh, okay. we we're fixing to blow it all out, but that was our, you know, we got our construction permit yeah. and we were able to put that right there in the, you know, right there in the glass window at the front door and and actually start demolishing this place and making it what we wanted. Yeah,
5: that was the moment. It was like, oh shit, it's real. Yeah,
4: no, <laughs> it's not as, oh shit, it's real. It's, yeah, I mean, it's that we, yeah, we we're now taking all this money that we have, you know, accumulated and we're really going to start using it yeah <laughs> we're like there's really no turning back at this point yeah. in time
1: right <laughs> could just sure. run away to yeah, right. some you know third world <laughs> country and live like a king but they are <laughs> right yeah mm-hmm. uh so tell us about the challenges once you i mean other than the oh shit moment uh right once you got past the construction phase i mean probably run, raising money i'm sure yeah it was raising initial, money was an actually that was, that was was that easy the,
4: uh, the, uh, it wasn't the, easy i mean
5: uh, uh, it's the, never easy to ask somebody for money <laughs> sure fair uh, enough yeah.
4: yeah i mean i look the the business plan was hard for us you know we, we uh-huh. were trying to you know run our own lives and stuff
5: thank you Eric this is, what, what this is Eric Klein our tapper manager <laughs> <Jack>. come on
4: <laughs> wobble it, please you sir you didn't text me I, well <laughs> um, yeah so uh, you know the raising money I, think, I thought was not that actually uh, that writing the business plan was difficult for us once we had it out there we already had people before they didn't care about seeing the, the, you know, the business plan they, they just yeah. were ready to write a check and yeah. It took a little while for them to wrap their heads around everything, but I think we were fully funded in two months of yeah, a when less we got than done. Two months, yeah. And um, then we were like, "Okay, now we got to find a building." And, <laughs> I mean, there was all those these things yeah. that happened. But you know, since we've been opened, uh, or since we've been open, um, I mean, there's challenges every day. I mean, there, I, I, I'll say this: if anyone that's worked at a brewery or owned a brewery or anything, I mean, there's 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 always something new every day at a brewery. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you name it, something's breaking down, something, you got to MacGyver something together, you, figure Gino. it out. Thanks, Eric. Um, and that's just, that's just how, it's how it operates. Yeah. And that's just the reality. Um, there's always something, whether it's brand new equipment or whatever, you always got to you know, figure something yeah, out. So, something breaking down. And that's, that's that home brewing sense. in general, yeah. quite frankly. I mean, even on the homebrew side, I mean, there's, there's always something different that happens when you're, when you're brewing. So. Sure.
5: Yeah. I don't know. Uh. One of the biggest things that surprised me about this whole issue is how many kegs we needed. I mean, we... <laughs> I we was just thinking that. I was like, I should this. say that. One of the things we did during that immensely long time it took us to get from home brewers to professionals, we went around and we talked to everybody that had a brewery that we could get to in the state of Texas and asked them, what did you do right? What did you do wrong? What are some insights you could give us? And you know, the, the, the biggest piece of advice we got was from Adam DeBauer at Austin uh, Beer Works, and it was... our two things you should throw out of your vocabulary and one of them is surely it can't take this long and two is surely it can't cost this much money right so you to be prepared everything costs a thousand dollars no matter if it's one little part that breaks or the next amount of kegs you need everything starts at a thousand dollars so we had to learn that aspect of it um but one thing that nobody told us and that we didn't figure out was how much cooperage you need how many kegs so we started with 500 kegs we have 2,500 now wow i mean it just it's insane how much you need. So we're yeah. always we're, we're constantly hunting kegs. We're looking for them because <laughs> you just you, you, if you have beer in the tanks and you can't get it out, doesn't do you it's any good. So
4: they're a waste of money. What we what we've learned is the rule of thumb is you know if you're self distributed, it's five five kegs per tap you have out, yeah. out in the market. Okay, and that's. It is what it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, to that front, um, you know, some breweries want to just kind of service their own local home area and kind of be like the neighborhood brewery and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I know you guys are obviously a distributive uh, or a distributor. You go to different different areas and you're canning and kind of. It's not just a local tap room, right? Yeah. So, um, how big do you guys think you might? project oak islands at some point are you trying to go beyond texas do you want to just cover dfw Uh, do do you want to cover all of texas Uh, do you have any plans on that front specifically now
5: yeah i mean i would say fiercely right right now we're fiercely independent we self-distribute um we want to self-distribute as long as we can as long as it's feasible um and one of the main one of the main reasons that we're only in dfw right now is the status of the law the law says that as a production brewery that and even more specifically as a brewer as a, with a brewer's permit that where we can only make ale and not beer. So I don't know if you guys know the distinction or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> so there's two separate licenses in Texas. There's a manufacturing permit and there's yeah. a brewer's permit. Manufacturers can make only can make 4% by volume or less, which I'm sorry, by weight or less, which equates to roughly 5% by volume or less. Mm-hmm. A brewer's permit can only make 4% by volume or I'm sorry by weight or up, which is roughly 5% or more. So the law says if you make, well, that's the distinction. Right. Manufacturers make beer, brewers make ale. Um, Interesting. The law says that if you make beer, which is what all of the mass produced folks make, Mm -hmm. you can store your beer outside of the county in which it's made, Mm -hmm. but you can't do that for ale. So in other words, if we want to service Houston as a self-distributing brewery, our trucks have to leave our dock at some point early, early morning, Drive all the way to Houston, make the sales that we can make, and get all the way back to our dock before midnight. <laughs> wow! <laughs> so it's almost an impossible. Yeah, it's
2: very meticulous. Yeah. Yeah, it's
5: almost an impossible uh, thing to do um, with it, without having you know at least some dedicated trucks and drivers and that sort of yeah. thing. So for us, you know, without without speaking out of, out of turn here, right now we're focused on being as big as we can in this market. Um, we're, we're, we're down in Waco every every now and again. We're mm-hmm. out in East Texas a little bit. Um, those are places we can get to comfortably. Um, but we are and will entertain going out of state because it's easier for us to go out of state than it is to <sighs> go to Austin or to Houston or to San Antonio. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's yeah. right? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. sad. Yeah.
1: I mean, what, at what point do you think you'll consider a distributor show?
4: Not even in our <laughs> <like> <laughs> thought right now. Yeah. I mean, um have they? Have they If we go you? out of state because yeah. you have to, yeah. Um, sure. So I mean, it's it's true. Yes, we have talked to people, but yeah. um, it's just not. It's one of those deals that, like like Brad said, we're fiercely independent, um, and it, 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 it. I just don't. I have just a <laughs> yeah. queasy feeling. Yeah. You know, with I the current know Texas I mean? laws, once you let yeah. it go, yeah. it's gone. The so. queasy yeah. feeling you have in your stomach, yeah. and you know something's not right. Right. I get it.
5: I mean, the the reality is you'll never say never. Yeah, right. Um, and so, I mean, I don't want to come come across saying that we would never do it, but right now sure. we're just, we don't, if, if we're out of state, we have to be distributed. So yeah. that would probably be the next step. I think at least for us to wait and see if we can get something to happen in the next legislative session that will uh, at least let us know whether uh, we can store our beer outside of the county, which yeah. is made. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then it'll probably be a little bit longer before we consider a distributor, yeah. it, it, you know, i you know i think i would rather buy a truck and hire a driver and mm-hmm. make him or ask him to drive to houston every other day yeah um then, then sign with somebody right now that's just kind of how we feel
1: so kind of along that line are you guys at capacity right now
5: for production we're, we're tank locked yeah
1: okay um we do have more tanks on the way
4: they'll be okay. here the this month hmm. um but yeah we've been um we've been tank locked for past like month okay and so we tried to get ahead of it and it's tough to get 60-barrel tanks oh, yeah. in right now. 60 barrel's is the hot one. and yeah. Uh, But, yeah, so end of this month we'll have two more 60-barrels. Uh, so we've, That's our started, second yeah, expansion. Yeah, so, so, so we
5: started with uh, five 30-barrel fermenters on a 30-barrel system. Mm-hmm. And then uh, end of July, August last year, we added two 60-barrel fermenters and a 60-barrel bright. And uh, we got two more 60s coming. So that will help us it's, a little bit.
4: I mean, it, the one thing that we hear from other brewers all the time is we'll say, Hey, man, we're, we're out of this, we're out of that. And they will go, oh, yeah. Get used to it, you know, and it's yeah. like we don't like it, but we understand that it's it's one of those t- process where it's like it's tough to it's tough to figure out because it's not like you just go brew something and it's ready the next day, right? Yeah, right, sure. It's two to four weeks, and and you know, I mean, heck, the great example is our guava good. Mm-hmm. We've been behind on it all summer long. Yeah. We cannot. We sell it out. It it's available on Monday. We're we're out of it on Thursday, and then we don't have more for. A week and a half to two weeks mm-hmm. and then we're out of it i mean it's you, we cannot
5: we can't catch up yeah which is a great problem to have yeah, but sure. it's still a problem and we yeah. and we and the frustrating part for us just you know a little inside baseball and in this is we agonized over how much guava do we buy this year yeah. how much are we planning on making based mm-hmm. on last year's sales what do we think we're going to do and we thought by coming out with a 30 barrel batch and having another 30 barrel batch ready two and a half weeks yeah. later we'd be well stocked True. no <laughs> issues yeah. we literally released that 30 barrel batch on a Monday and on a Thursday we were com- that following Thursday four business days later we were completely sold out and that's happened three other times it's a great since. problem now yeah. Yeah. no but it's happened every time yeah. like, we just can't
4: we can't, we can't get, get ahead, get can't get top ahead of it yeah. we can't get ahead of it yeah yeah and it's just, which is
5: great, but and I, we. Got but sh- it's
1: got to be frustrating. I hey, guess what next of, year yeah. we're going to be ahead. Sure
5: <laughs> <Yeah. And, and laughs> <very well. laughs> you know, we got our, we got our Oktoberfest coming out of the gate. Yeah, um, right. uh, I think on we're ahead of the Oktoberfest. We'll right. see what happens, August, but I think uh, we're ahead of 31st, it first. But we've already got one batch that's going to be canned next week, I think, mm. and then yeah. and then we'll have another batch <laughs> in the tank soon. So we're going to be on top of that one. I, I hope. I hope. So.
1: So when you need to expand, um, so the, the investors who invested you in the first round were they people that you knew or did you approach investment firms or no
4: it's 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 individuals uh mostly family and friends mm-hmm. uh a little bit of spinoffs beyond that um uh but yeah no no we there's
1: no institutional money anything so when you need to buy new tanks like this um are you pulling out of the company's funds now or are you still going back to the investors it's not yeah yeah, yeah.
5: mostly mostly we're self-funding right now okay um when we do a bigger expansion we'll probably yeah. go back to our investors but okay. you know we're we're we the things that I always heard and the things that I always saw as a lawyer representing businesses is that debt kills. So we mm, try true. to be as debt free. Um investors obviously want to get paid back, but they yeah. don't necessarily get to get paid back. Um, right. Banks
1: We'll will do, and they get they to get So, number one. <laughs> right. So, yeah.
5: we try as hard as we can to keep any debt that we have to a bare minimum that when, you know, if yeah. worse comes to worst, we can write a check and get it paid off. But,
1: um, which I think we've seen other breweries in the area, not to name names, I won't name names, but some of the others, I think they got ahead of themselves and they went, you know, went broke just trying to get everywhere at once rather than like yourselves and then Petacola's. Ended up having keep to retract tight. a lot right. yeah keep it tight they had to retract or just go out of business and uh you know you guys and Petacola's like keep it in tight and and try to do as much as you can by yourselves without yeah, like and, extending you know, yourselves there's, right. there's a
5: massive downside to that i mean it yeah. sucks that our little canning line does 12 cans a minute yeah and it's labor intensive but mm-hmm. And you know we we apologize profusely to our guys, including myself, this morning who was running the cannon line. It sucks. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But
0: it's, we'll get there. But we'll we get have there. it. <laughs> sure. We have it.
5: It works. And the 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 flip side of that is, it's another 125 grand to get a to get a bigger, faster one. So right. you know, for us, I'd rather put that money to work for. New tanks, more kegs, Mm -hmm. better trucks, better things for, you know, and yeah.
4: I mean, we all have, around here, honestly, we all have our wants and our needs. Every single person. You know, every every single person (laughs) has their own list, and, and, you know, Brad's list, I can guarantee you, is not the same as my list, Mm -hmm. and Matt, our head brewer's list, is guaranteed not the same as Brad or mine, and, you know, we just got to work within the bounds and, and figure out what, you know, once we do, you know, obviously, since we were tank locked, it's like, Guess what? Yeah, we know we need tanks. Right. So that's the you know that's one. So
2: sure. Uh, to that end, with the uh, tank lock issue that you mentioned, um, I know from what I've read, Darren, you're more of the barrel aged guy that kind of <laughs> kind of pushed that realm a little bit. Absolutely, I, he's
5: responsible for
4: it. Was it was my idea to. I guess, yeah, yes, I guess you can okay. say that. I, mean, I wouldn't call myself a barrel master or anything, but right, it, was, right. it was. But just
2: it was, just out of you too, it, seems,
4: it
5: it's, seems like it's tell normal. you exactly what happened. <laughs> so let's do some barrel age stuff. I said that's fantastic. I can't wear that hat. You wear that hat and become a master at it. Yeah, and okay. everything that he's done and put out with with Matt and everybody else's work back there, in my opinion, has been spectacular. So I can't thank him enough for for it, taking on. It was
4: always that, that we I'd wanted to do forever as, as sure. a home brewer. But I mean, when you're a home brewer and you're making ten gallon batches, it's not. Easily feasible, right? You mm-hmm. know, you can... Yep. Uh, but, and we, I, I knew all along that uh, that we had styles that would do well, so...
2: Sure, yeah, all that makes sense. Um, just speaking to other brewers in the area, uh, getting barrels seems to be kind of an issue at times. Um, I was just wondering if you guys have run into that at all, or if, if it's been pretty, pretty simple for it's you. It's been
4: pretty easy, honestly. Okay. So, um, you know, the way we started is, uh, we started with our chump change. Uh, we did four wood barrels, so roughly seven BBLs of beer. Our first, uh, that was our first one we did.
5: Somebody, we, we reached out and looked at all these different whiskeys and, and Wild Turkey was available. And we're like, hell yeah, kicking chicken. Let's <laughs> yeah. put it in that thing.
4: Yeah, and, sure. And, and um, so that those were the first four. And then we always knew our uh, the triple would, uh, you know, Freaky Deaky is would be awesome barrel-aged. We'd, we'd actually ate some beers in just in bombers ourselves as, uh, when we were homebrewers, And, I mean, those things, they just got better and better. So knowing that they can last... Time-wise, knowing that putting them in barrels, they could be even you know more awesome, right? So, Makes sense, yeah. So that's what we we did the white wine barrels next, and then knew we were going to do red wine barrels with triple, um, then vanilla porter. And, I mean, it's just it's literally barrel aging stuff is one of those deals with just snowballs. It, yeah. it, it it snowballs. I mean, right. I think we now and have – and before
5: you know it, you have. S- I think we got ninety to no,
4: hundred barrels, something like that, in oh, house. Well. Oh okay, um, wow. So,
5: my favorite thing to hear from Darren is, well, we got to buy some more barrels, some more barrel racks. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, because it's such a delayed, such right. a delayed gratification. And it is. It is, it, a, it is an investment. And
4: I told it, him one, t- I think I told Brad, uh, it was probably about a month or so ago, I said, Do you realize how much beer we have, like, sale wise, in barrels right now? <laughs> and I told him the number, and he's like, he just shook his head and he's like,
1: Jesus. So, <laughs> but remember, we're going to get
4: that
0: money.
1: We're right.
4: going to get that. It'll be
5: okay, Brad. Don't worry yeah, about
1: for it. the people not watching the video, we're actually sitting here flanked by Jack Daniels Barrels That's and right. uh, Woodford Reserve over there. That's so, right. Some right.
5: Witherspoon around the corner. And Witherspoon, is, too? Witherspoon. Yeah. Um,
4: but, uh, you know, one thing that we did um, on the Jack Daniels, um, they're filled with Chump Change or Imperial okay. Black Saison. Um, And this year, actually, we got um, approached by uh, the Jack Daniels guys. And... Uh, they're they, they provided us with the barrels they told us you know they, they interviewed us came through you know found out what beer we wanted to, we would want to put them in yeah
5: back up a sec this, this is the first time uh, Jack Daniel's has ever released released their bourbon barrels to uh, breweries before
4: as oh, as cool. labeled barrels yeah well 98% barrels.
5: of their barrels go overseas to Scotland for, for scotch oh, okay um, and then the beer barrels that they do release are either not branded or are have been drained and completely dry and are given to like Bars like whiskey cake to to have a you know just a, a, barrel, a barrel barrel yeah. around. So this year they picked four breweries. Just happened to be that they picked the one area of the uh, United States, Dallas, to, to mm-hmm. do this the pilot program for the first year. Mm-hmm. So it's us, Lakewood Community and RAR. Those are the four breweries in the United States that got Jack Daniel's wow. barrels. Nice, and it's a and it's incredible. a really
4: cool deal. It's a co- it's a cool co branding deal where they're they're allowing us to use their name and. Um, we're going to do, uh, you know, beer releases uh, at, at restaurants with, you know, the the whiskey releases as well. Um, and, I mean,
1: I, it's going to be a cool deal. It's it sounds, a really cool deal.
2: Yeah, it sounds a little like uh, Deep Element Jameson. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, very, usually, very similar, yes. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there's a little more available than they had for theirs, <laughs> especially that
5: first round. <laughs> That'd be nice, like, yeah. <laughs> same
1: day, it was gone. <laughs> we have
5: uh, 60 barrels, 60, 60 BBLs. BBL, so okay. I think we have
4: 32 of wood barrels, some right around there, um, full right now, and we're looking for sometime in December, mid-December cool. likely release. And
5: the cool thing about it is, is we're actually going to, for the first time ever, put some of these uh, barrel-aged beers in, in cans. So they'll be available to take yep. oh, them from cool. the oh, sales sweet. as well. Um, we were hoping that we would have the ability to sell them out of our tap room, but it yeah. looks like we'll have to get through retailers. Uh,
1: <laughs> all right, of retailers. course. Yeah. So is barrel-aging... Um, from a sales perspective, is it uh, – because everybody has some sort of barrel-aged, something other, well, at least most breweries do. For the most part. Is yeah. it is it – in your mind, is it more of a sales leader or is it more of a cred issue? Like, I, I can do a barrel-aged beer. I'm going to make it awesome. Well, or
4: is it both? I, I mean, I'll say this. The barrel-aged beers are fairly easy for our sales guys to sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sell – they almost sell themselves. Um, but it's – it's you have to start with a, a beer that can – be barrel sure. right sure. you can't just throw anything in there and right. and expect it to you know do well mm. um it's got to be perceived well in the market and, that, and that's the reality i mean the base beer all of ours have obviously have a base beer it's not just it barrel aids this or whatever mm-hmm. um you know we have the vanilla porter and then we have the bourbon the bourbon vanilla porter same deal with chump change same deal with freaky deaky um we're actually also uh in some red wine barrels we have hypocrite our our spring saison. Um, So uh, that'll be released, I think, next month or so. Okay.
5: Yeah, so, I mean, going back, it's no longer, as a brewery, it's no longer good enough to say you're local. It's no longer good enough to say you're craft. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you have to put out an exceptional beer every time you put something out. um, And it's almost that same way with barrel-aged now. Everybody's got a barrel-aged beer, but if you don't start with a good product going in, there's no amount of wood or (laughs) bourbon or rum or tequila or whatever you're putting it in that's going to make that beer better. So... Um, thankfully for the Dallas market, Dallas-Fort Worth market, everybody's coming out with some awesome stuff right now. And I hope it continues.
2: Yeah. So you guys would say there's a lot of emphasis on having a marquee. Because I would say, I mean, from my perception, maybe Freaky Deaky is your marquee beer. I know you guys have a, a good do so you have a good overall, perception.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, our,
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's our best seller, but we, don't, <laughs> right. it, but we don't push it any. I mean, honestly, we don't push that beer over our other beers. <laughs> right. I mean, it's... It, you're gonna find your own level in the marketplace, and people are gonna find the beer that they they like. And I mean, for just say this: I mean, our derelict IPA won a gold medal at Best Little Brew Fest in Texas and won a blind taste test against other IPAs in Dallas, Fort Worth. But it lags behind sales to Mosaic and Deep Elm IPA, which mm-hmm. are two phenomenal IPAs people just get into the rut where they say i know this product
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i
5: may venture out over here but i'm always going to go back to this one and if you can have a beer like that that can be their home base man what, what else can you ask for sure yeah. so we love the fact that people love freaky deaky mm-hmm. um, and we just invite them to try our other beers too
1: nope is it how hard is it to, to make yourselves distinct in a market that is somewhat crowded in dallas and is only going to get more so mm-hmm. with more breweries on the way and maybe we're getting reaching capacity at least for the area I don't know but how hard is it to stand out in this area I mean, number one is you gotta put a good beer out right? Sure. I mean you just
4: that's you know that's the that's the concern I think we have here in North Texas with right now is my my opinion is that you know I don't know all the the breweries that are coming online mm-hmm. over the next six months I, I know the names but yeah. I don't know that I've had their beers and I just hope that, that they're putting out a good product so they don't you know, muddy the waters a little bit right. but um, I mean it, For us, honestly, when we started, it just happened that we had no one, there were one or two breweries maybe that had a triple. Mm -hmm. No one had a Dunkelweiss. One Kolsch, Mm -hmm. you know? no Dortmunder <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> obviously everyone has an IPA right sure yeah. so but it, we had to do that right so but, that
5: was the one thing that we did to distinguish ourselves when you walk into a bar and you look at their tap wall and they you know and blood and honey was the only quasi wheat beer that, that anybody had or shock top right. so it was easy for for us to to go and say well look at this dunkelweizen like what's a dunkelweizen <laughs> right you show it to them that's a dark beer but it tastes like a half and. It's, and and for the longest time, and probably still is, that was our second bestseller because it's just such a unique beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, when, you, you know, when you get into summer and you say, well, I've got a logger, and for the longest time, in, uh, for example, I'll say in Collin County, I, I know in the first year of our sales, because I was a salesman, I go in there and like, man, we just got people to stop drinking lagers. Try and <laughs> craft ales. You, and you want to put a craft lager on? to right. blow their minds. So... Dortmunder didn't sell all that well for the first year, but it's, yeah, it's, it's insanely it's, popular it's We've been right running now. out of it all summer yeah, long. So, you know, in terms of d- distinguishing yourself, um, you can do it in a number of different ways. There are some breweries that are making some really great, weird beers. And I don't want to say weird like as a bad thing. It's a great <laughs> thing. It's just <laughs> some variations on some styles that nobody's seen before, or that they're just doing them really, really, really well. Um, you know, Martin House doing their ipa friday ipa series that's that was a hell of a way for them to distinguish themselves plus they made one of my top five beers of all time salty ladies so. oh yeah. yeah Salty yeah ladies you know, is great you man. know finding a beer style that not everybody makes yeah. and getting ahead of that um is, is is a good way to distinguish yourself um but just making a solid solid beer yeah. and mm-hmm. it, again like i said it's going to find its own level if you're making a good beer people are going to find it people are going to buy it that's also yeah. got
3: to be the great
1: thing about uh, beer festivals, you know, in the area, we got uh, Big Texas and uh, not untapped anymore. What's it called Index Fest, right? Is that you have people that go to those and then find a new beer that they may latch onto. Right. I mean, that's that's got to be a great feeling, especially when somebody's like. In, in German blown style, seem
2: kind of wide open anyway. I mean, other yeah. than Franconia, there's not a whole lot, uh, you know, of people that were pushing into that il- uh, into right. that realm. So
5: yeah, and so yeah. Know, one of the things, that, like I said earlier, what we were trying to do is like this is not your father's low and brow. You right. Know? <laughs> this isn't. Uh, This isn't the the German style beer that you thought of when you were sneaking them from your parents when you were 14 (laughs) years old. Not that we did that, but.
4: um, Sure. Not that there's anything wrong with with (laughs) it.
5: But, you know, that's another way you can distinguish yourself is find a style that they may, you know, like, oh, okay. Uh, Hellas. Community's Hellas. Mm -hmm. Hellas are amazing beers. Nobody made one. They made one and they're doing great with it. So that's awesome. Mm
4: -hmm. Brad wanted to make one forever. And then when they came out with one, Brad was like, (laughs) <laughs>
1: well, do you, it's all right. They do it well. So <laughs> we, we've made one
4: no, before. Good on we you, Jamie. have.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you feel any pressure to, to follow the trends in the area? I mean, not just the area, no, but nationwide. I mean, no. you just make the beer you want to make? Our sales <sighs> guys
5: come to us weekly. When are we making a new IP, new on IPA? When are yeah. we making a double IPA? It's, when are we making this beer? When are we making <laughs> that beer? And the reality is, it's we're going to make well, every one of the cool things that i think about our brewery is everybody who works for us brews their own beer yeah they brought, brew a pilot batch they put it on the taproom wall and if it's a hit we keep brewing it and we keep putting cool. it on taproom wall um our one of our fort worth sales guys today brewed a, a single malt single hop uh pale ale today hmm. so he you know hopefully it's it's awesome I and mean, this goes all the way to our marketing director she brewed a lavender wheat that flew off the shelf crushed so we're, it we're brewing some more of that so um that's the opportunity when they say okay well we need to test the waters we're not ever just gonna well gozes are popular let's, let's yeah try goes you know
4: which is how i mean that that whole deal that we robust pilot system and, mm-hmm. and we we do a lot of stuff and and um and we let our brewers do whatever basically do whatever they want on the pilot system so um i'm not going to transition but i mean we're going to have basically 35 beers on tap for our anniversary party. Wow, nice. Because of that, because of us just being aggressive with our pilot system. You
5: know, like instead of doing, for for me personally, instead of doing a Goza, I'd rather do a a beer that we're going to have on tap at the anniversary party, which is a native Texan roasted pecan brown ale. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably wouldn't sell as well as a Goza, but it's unique. Right. You know, there's not many like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Or one of the other beers that we've done... yeah, we got a Bohemian dark lager or a Scottish wee heavy, or you know things that you know may not be our f- flagship beer down the road, but our p- people will go, oh yeah, last time I had a beer style like that, it was from this brewery because they just don't see them that often. Sure.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, it seems like especially on the pecan front, like five one two here in Texas, kind of took that market share early on and other than Nobody's lazy magnolia done. encroaching into the area right. not many people have really touched pecan that's, that's right that's exactly right so that's i mean that's that's we,
4: and that's a funny thing that's one of our recipes from humbers i mean yeah. we've, we've had this recipe it was actually in, in our business plan it was going to be one of our seasonals yeah we started pricing pecans
5: <laughs> oh okay and vanilla
4: yeah, yeah. here's a tip <laughs>
5: You want to get rich quick? Become a vanilla bean for Wow. while. Nice.
4: And if you think vanilla beans are expensive now, buy a bunch and then resell them in a year and make a lot of money. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's incredible how expensive it's nuts. Beans are. It goes up. I mean, I wish we'd have bought a thousand pounds of them. You're going yeah. to be rich.
1: So. it's another way you can employ the kids is just pay them five bucks an hour to go out to east texas and just scoop up pecans so that's right. what you have kids for right it's cheap right. cheap that's labor right. that's right um so speaking of sorry uh were you, i'm sorry were you gonna say something? no go ahead uh, i was gonna say speaking of you guys are uh really independent uh recently fiercely fiercely, fiercely. um they released that independent craft beer label yeah. that if we you want to, if you meet their standards, you can you can use it on the bottles. Well, so,
5: we meet their standards. Yeah, and we're and actually we're
1: we actually part of it now. Okay, so you're gonna uh, you you're gonna put it on your we, bottles. Yeah, and, and we, no, so I don't know that we're gonna do hatch, that yet, yeah. but I mean, okay. we
4: we signed up and we have. I mean, we have all the information of how you can use it. I mean, it, we're, you'd have to go through label approval again okay. to get it onto your cans. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great but um, we're trying to figure out how we can can use it yeah. uh, long term. But yes, I mean, we will have a sign up on the front door that we're independent and. It's actually pretty funny because I was talking about this, uh, I mean, right before they came out with that, Brad was, we were on our way down to Austin for a festival and I was talking about how breweries that are independent or breweries that are, uh, you know, self-distributed can, can promote that. And like, maybe we have a sign at festivals or whatever. And it wasn't a week later that <laughs> he found that he <laughs> yeah. goes, you may have been onto something there.
1: And then on Sorry. top of that, GBA has okay. uh, decided to restrict their booth sales uh, for the big spaces, to true independent craft brewers as opposed to allowing AB and Coors, maybe to
2: kick Breckenridge and Goose Island and those out. Yeah, like maybe not kick yeah. them out, but
1: they're reduced. well, you know, not yeah. They can't. The, apparently, according to the GAF, from what I understand, is they won't be allowed to sponsor necessarily more, or have the giant, you know, booth space that they would normally oh, interesting. get. Interesting. Um, yeah, that just happened the last few months. So I was kind of since you guys are gonna adopt it. So I guess it was last week. AB's craft portfolio, craft portfolio, and heavy quotes. I saw um, the video. Yeah, so they put out that video saying that, oh, very Rodney King style. Can we all just get ben, along? Band together against That's wine right. and liquor. Yeah, we got to fight against <laughs> wine and liquor. So, how? I mean, you since you guys are endorsing that label, how do you feel about what they're saying as far as we need to fight wine and liquor, not to fight each other? Uh, I
4: well, then to. why are they doing commercials at Super Bowl, right. uh, you know, Super Bowl right. at, you know, commercials and, well, let's and just keep it making local. fun of us? Let's I mean, just
5: keep it local. Why are they... Coming after our tap rooms, mm-hmm. make no mistake about it. The, the distributors that represent those big companies are coming after us, and so yeah, they that they're buying up those companies, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Those guys, and 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 honestly, I don't think there's anything different between. I don't. Prefaces was saying I haven't done a taste test comparatively. But I don't think there's anything different between 10 barrels beer before they were acquired and 10 mm-hmm. barrels beer after they were acquired. But what I do know is after they were acquired, they jumped down and now they're in San Diego and yeah, went up and bought a good. biggest, baddest space they could put right in the middle of downtown San Diego and trying mm-hmm. to muscle in on all these other little little guys. I mean, that's okay. If that's, if that's the way they want to to run their business, that, that that's fine. But their parent company does a lot of things. That are bad for craft beer. Sure. So, sure. Oh. And whatever these two fine gentlemen. Uh, are. Can I have a guava good, please. You may. <laughs> Do another white wine. Absolutely. Thanks, sir. Thank, thank
1: you. you. I'm
2: sure
5: you took your bartender. <laughs> <laughs> Do that Screw t- that guy. Don't fry bacon naked. Thank you very much. So, so, from an independent standpoint, the the, the parent companies, the the mass conglomerate, you know, multinational conglomerates. They do th- things in the marketplace that hurt craft beer.
1: Yeah, right.
5: Including the companies that they own. Yeah. So, you know, for us, it's more about how we choose to run our business and how mm-hmm. we hope people choose to spend their beer dollar. can't stop anybody, and doesn't. I mean, there's nothing wrong with buying a Goose Island beer mm-hmm. or a 10-barrel or a bock or, or a Revolver. They're great beers. It's just they're no longer local independent craft breweries anymore. And, yeah. and, and if they're trying to pass themselves off yeah. as that, and I'm not them because not not the breweries themselves, but their repair companies. It's just a sham, and we don't yeah. want to be a part of that.
4: I, I had one recently that made me extremely little irritated when we were down in Austin. I'm not going to name the brewery, but um, it was a uh, Illinois brewery, and they were right behind That's us yeah. um, at, at a, an event down in Austin, and they had a tap that had their name on it and had the state of Texas on the top of it. Sure. in their Illinois brewery. And I, I took exception to it and went and talked to their sales rep. And, you know, I I just, that's misrepresentation to me. Yeah, because absolutely. you have people coming up that are asking, you know, trying their beer, and they think they first thing you see is that state of Texas on the top of their tap, and they think they're a Texas brewery. Mm-hmm. They may not ask them. They may ask them. I don't know. but mm-hmm. Most people probably aren't. Well, they're, just it, they're, they're just gonna take the value. it. They're just gonna take it and try. And I think that's just, that, to me, that's just wrong. I'm, yeah, I'm Texas proud and come and drink it. And your <laughs> right. shirt you're wearing, <laughs> look, we got Texas. He's got, we got Texas on our yeah. logo, man. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're Texas proud. So that type of stuff just, you know, upsets me a little bit.
2: And, and this may be a ridiculous question, given given uh, your claim of being fiercely independent, but uh, <laughs> do you think there'd ever be a circumstance where you may even consider doing a, a sellout to one of the macros?
5: Like I said, there's, you never say never. Sure. And you know, we have fiduciary duties to our investors and to, to this business to do the right thing. So there's, there's always a chance, but mm-hmm. you know, that's not our goal. Let's just put it that way. We, one of the things that, that, that drove us to, 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 to do this was to have something for our, you know, hopefully, have something for sure. our children someday. Um, I as a law as a lawyer, I can't hand off my law practice to my children mm-hmm. unless they're lawyers. Right, and I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> um, so you know, one of the you know one of the things we, we literally talked about before we were doing this is what's our goal? It's our goal to get as big as we can, be the most attractive brewery to be bought out, or is it just to be? And then we we settled mm-hmm. on be, you know, yeah. be the best we can be, mm-hmm. do what we can do be around for as long as we can and be the biggest part of our community as we possibly can that's one of the things we pride ourselves on is being part of lake uh, lake highlands in in general i mean sorry specifically in dallas in general doing as much as we can for the community through charitable works and things like that so
1: yeah i know you guys do the dallas dogger event every year and uh so a bunch of other things i'll see you guys around all the time doing doing events um just as Go back to the the uh, craft beer label. Just one last thing. I was going to ask: Is do you feel that wine and liquor are they really a threat to craft beer, or is it just the hype from the other side saying yeah, we're scared? Course. Well, well it's we're scared in craft that beer. video,
5: what he was saying is that we lose market share every. The beer industry itself, including imports and domestic mass-produced beer, yeah. is losing market share to wine and liquor every year. So that's what he was saying: is like we have to fight those guys. Well. well. No, if you then you break, when you get down into the real numbers, the it's only person that's really losing dim. market share <laughs> yeah. is <the> fast <laughs> sure. craft beer. It's all craft beer is right. still growing. You know, it may not be growing at ten percent, twelve percent, thirteen percent, but it grew seven percent last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's going to grow again. But it, who's losing market share? The people that are buying up the craft brewers right. and they're putting those videos together. So you know, we have nothing to fear from liquor and wine. People are always going to want liquor. People are mm-hmm. always going to want. Uh, uh, wine, People are always going to want beer. The question becomes, what kind of beer do they want? Right. What kind of liquor do they want? What kind of wine do they want?
2: Mm-hmm. Plus, it's not that there's no crossover, but I feel like there's definitely people that only like liquor and only like wine. Yeah. And it's going to be hard to get some percentages of that uh, area anyway. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's apples and oranges, quite yeah. honestly,
4: in, in my opinion. I mean, it's some, I, I eat apples and I eat oranges, but you know, sure. I prefer apples. Right. I'll well, I mean, so right, right.
5: throw my wife under the bus. If we go to a bar and they've got wine, she's nine times out of ten going yeah. to drink wine. same here. So same <laughs> Yeah,
0: even if we go to,
5: you know, like Blatt, which is a, yeah. you know, a big beer bar or something like that. Hell, if we had wine here, she'd probably drink it. Yeah. I don't know, but what I'm saying is <laughs> you know exactly what you were saying. There are people there that are predisposed to drinking what they know, what they know they like, and it's hard to get them out of their box. So mm-hmm. we're, that's not a person that we're recording. Yeah. You know, we're courting people who love craft beer, yeah. and for people who are who are drinking mass-produced beers, but are open to trying a different style. They may not stay with it, but you know sure. if they're open to try. That's what we want to get people. We're
4: to try. never going to convert a, a, a spirit drinker to beer. I mean, right. it, and you're never going to convert a wine drinker to beer. I mean, it's we're trying to convert or train people <laughs> that there's better beer out there than yeah. right yeah, middle light, bud light, and
5: in the wine and spirit drinker, if they if they have to drink a beer. Knowing that there's something else better out there than, a, than an American light lager. Mm. Uh, a mass-produced American light lager. Right, yeah. Let me say it that way. Um, and, you know, hopefully we get we as a craft industry get some of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We've been losing market share, but you got to think of it this way. Just as craft beer has come along, craft spirits has come along. Yeah, right.
2: That's true, too. Yep. So,
5: you know, you get a lot. There's a whole lot more bourbon manufacturers now than there was five years ago just like breweries yeah. and you got to give those guys their due as well they're making some fantastic it. things the, the, it.
1: the upswell of just Texas bourbon alone I mean you see it absolutely. out go to Total oh, Wine I mean, you mentioned
5: uh, Witherspoon
2: yeah, you know, yeah, yeah absolutely was,
1: yeah yeah, that's why the great thing about craft beer is you know people who maybe not liquor because liquor's a lot more harsh but wine I think you can find some converts, and I think the white wine freaky diggy yeah. is a perfect example because right, it is. my wife loves like New Zealand white wines okay. for instance and I think she would really like the freaky diggy mm-hmm. um, cuz it's a perf- it's got the perfect white wine flavor to it I think it's a great window 2. Into 2 miles beer away?
5: get on up here <laughs>
1: Yeah I the last time I had had it was uh I guess when you guys first came out with 2 years ago uh, at yeah, Big Texas have... maybe No it's yeah. too, it's uh that's about right about a year and a half ago yeah yeah because that was like my favorite beer at yeah. the festival at the time just blur yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure. i understand so uh we'll, just a couple more questions and we'll uh yeah. we'll move on to lightning round let you guys go uh-oh um so where do you see oak Islands in 10 years what's two, two year mark so where do you guys see yourselves in eight more years where do you want to be where do you think you'll be <laughs>
4: uh that's a i don't know that's a great question um I can answer. I mean <laughs> go ahead and you answer, let me think about it.
5: I mean I I, I honestly think we want our sweet spot is somewhere between ten and fifteen thousand barrels in production wise. Where are you at now? Uh we'll hopefully do three this year. Okay. Um, I think our distribution is by that time hopefully we're state of Texas. Uh maybe a few adjoining states. I don't think in my mind and again this for two we what do we know we're, we're young mm-hmm. i don't think we ever want to be nationwide but you know i know our investors would like that i'm sure <laughs> um i think for us just having a, a really well first of all i think in ten, in 12 years we still want to be known as somebody who's making great beer um somebody who hasn't done something that would turn our our, our customers off um uh, innovative would be a great word for, to describe us but just make people who make solid beers no matter what we put out um Size-wise, I think we'd like to be, like I said, between ten and fifteen thousand barrels. I would like—that's what I would think—is comfortable sweet spot for Mm us. Uh, I hope the laws have changed, and maybe we could have some tap rooms, other places within where we are. Um, But you know, if that's the case, and that's what I'd love to see—I'd love to see an Oak Islands brewery tap room, just a tap room, someplace else that's not an industrial area Mm -hmm. on the outskirts of town. You know, I'd love to put someplace uh, where things are hopping if we could, Um, but. You know, that that's not dependent on us, it's dependent upon other people. True. Uh, but but yeah, I mean I don't think we're we're not taking over the beer world. That's not our, <laughs> our goal. Our goal is to grow as is grow as as organically as we possibly can. Right. And and, and yeah, that's that's what I have to say. Yeah, see. I think I, the
4: um I, I know the fifteen thousand barrel number was one we talked about a long for a long time. Like that that is literally the number that we always used when we were talking to our investors of, you know, when they asked the same question of, you know, where do you see yourself? And, and I just think that that's a point where you get to and you go, I don't, you know, what are we going to do from here? Um, that, that, you know, that, that's, that really, covers all the bases that gets yeah. you, you know, that gets you, you know, you're making a good bit of money and, and know investors are paid back and everything else. And then you just decide from there. But um I mean, to go back to what Brad said, I mean, honestly, we, this is, you know, long term we want this to be a, a you know a family deal and and um we, we have no intentions of selling and mm-hmm. so that is not even in our I, personally i would say where where we are in 10 years i'd love to have our own facility with i want it to be in lake Highlands because we're going to stay here this is not anywhere we're going mm-hmm. i'd love to have our own building that we own that we can you know operate and and you know that, that that to me would be a, a, a number one deal.
5: Yeah, and I got to be honest though, the bigger we get, the closer we get to that ten to fifteen thousand barrel range. It goes back to your questions about distribu- distribution. Right. For the bigger sure. Bigger you get, the more pressing that problem becomes. True. I mean, there is a natural sweet spot, at least in my mind and my my analysis, where the number of trucks, the number of drivers, the number of salaries, the number of insurance policies, mm-hmm. um, kind of converge with the 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 margin that the distributors will take off the top right. and, and at some point in time that from a business standpoint becomes a viable option not yeah. necessarily one we will ever do but it definitely becomes more more viable than what we're doing right now
2: sounds like that even happened uh, to your neighbors down the road here at lakewood you Yeah, know, at some well, point yeah, you just, sure. you get to that point where yep. you got to do that for sure yeah. well
5: you know and if you want to be if you really really want to cover the state of texas properly unfortunately that's that's the best way to do it right yeah now.
4: i mean that yep but at the same time, you know, we control our own brand, right? We, we right. have our sales guys, we're controlling our brand. We don't know what a distributor's doing out there. We don't know if they're going into a bar and saying, you know, here's the five IPAs we have, right. try those and choose. We can push our own beers and we can, we can you know make hey, it our own deal and that
5: positive and negatives to both i mean true. There's, yeah. there's, there's they're getting there's this in a different in places
2: yep.
4: uh, you, you, it's it's a it's a give and take without the a sure doubt. can
2: force you in on shelf space and that kind of stuff right. too sure you, yeah you that you makes it makes sense
5: but well and you know yeah. I, you know i will be honest with you though, some of the com- complaints we get sometimes is hey man we see your rep once a week i got an andrews guy in here or a benny keith guy in here every other day like, yeah. right well okay let's <laughs> let's talk about that. that that rep has twenty brands in your store, right? Yeah, we're one brand, so
2: makes sense yeah. he'd show up more. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
5: <laughs> it, there, there's arguments on either yeah. way. So it is. It is. A, it's a push and a pull and a give and a take. And you know, I just think that for us, from for what we're doing, and man, it's not a one size fits all for who we are. I'd rather if somebody has a problem with us, they pick up the phone, they dial the brewery, and the, and they get one of us or, right. or somebody who can actually fix their problem right, right then instead, right away. Of, instead of having to go through a couple of layers and,
4: that's, of and that is another beauty of us is that you know, being that we're self-distributed I mean we're same day or the next day guaranteed I mean mm-hmm. we schedule stuff out obviously in Fort Worth and stuff but um, it's you know we're literally delivering the same day right. or the next day at the latest so it sounds like what when we can
1: it sounds like what the right. industry needs is uh, just a crap distributor that's they have one it's do they full clip Oh, that's Full Clip. Okay, I didn't know they were Craft Only. All right. They
5: they are Craft Only, and they're great. I think Flood is too. Well, yeah, Flood does some wine, I think, as well. I could be completely wrong on that. Full Clip's great. They have a bunch of brands now. They started with three or four, and it was right. great. Now, now they're up to 14, 15, 16, and I'm, I'm, they're doing great. They're, yeah. Everybody works from them is awesome. I love them. I'm not trying to say anything negative about them, but they, they have a lot of craft beer now. Yeah. Um, and so they, I think they're, they're getting into the same problems that some of the bigger guys right. have on the craft beer side, is that their portfolio is really, really large. Right, right. Um, which is great for them. They're doing fantastic. But yeah. it's still, it's like, really... <laughs> into the frying pan out of the fire for us if we went with them or went with somebody else I mean how do we know that we're like Darren said when they walk in and somebody says well I want to change my IPA up yeah how do you know it's going to be you yeah, yeah. well so I can say us, this one's the best right, one or this one's right, my right.
4: favorite and I mean you, you just never know I mean True, that's, yeah. that's how we can control it so that's good for us
2: <laughs> um bring it back to the brewery and some uh fun things that are coming up here you guys have your two-year anniversary coming up on july 22nd correct you got it yeah so sure. do you have anything you guys want to promote for that or discuss around what's going to be happening that day or it's uh,
4: over 30 beers on tap i mean it's <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll
5: say, wanna, uh, yeah every beer that we've ever made with very few exceptions very be, few
4: there's one on in particular but it'll be ready the next week oh okay <laughs>
5: Yeah, no Oktoberfest.
4: No Oktoberfest. Yeah. But it, we will have a release the next and, week.
5: And no horse bath.
4: No horse bath. <laughs> not uh, this year. Not this year. Not
5: this year. We couldn't get it. So horse bath was a... Um,
1: oh, I think you meant like saison. No, no. <laughs>
5: it's kid like a friendly. It's a kid-friendly event. We no bathing of horse. Uh, no, we actually made a beer called horse bath, which was a saison... Uh,
1: barrel Asian white barrel, wine. barrel
5: Asian white wine barrels. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Right. Um, we just couldn't get it done in time.
1: No, okay. So... All right, uh, so that's on the the twenty second of uh, July here. You got um, it. so let's get the lighting round. All right, short questions don't have to be short answers. You got to take off. <laughs> no,
5: I was oh. wondering if there's a buzzer if we had to buzz. Oh no, no. oh buzzer. no,
1: it's it's not as lightning as it sounds. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the intent, but whatever. Uh, so, what was your first beer? Not necessarily a craft beer, but first beer. Oh, mine was. Coors Light My dad I mean
4: we were Driving to a restaurant And he was in the van Driving the van (laughs) Actually it was I'm sorry It was Coors Original Coors Original Yellow Belly Yellow Belly And I I remember Seeing the waterfall on it Yeah And took a sip And I did not like it I was young (laughs) Very
2: young (laughs) But that was Uh, my first sip
5: Yeah it was Miller Light Same scenario Yeah Stole it out that of my dad's schooler
2: I had the same thing with Budweiser with my father. Yeah. So yeah, okay.
1: That uh, though wasn't it Coors? That used to have the sign in Dallas with the waterfall that was the oh r- yeah. behind it's it. Yeah, it. yeah. Nope. yeah. Nope. It was yeah, a, a, yeah a over Daddy, right
4: some, just, a just north of it was on 35 right at right at uh,
1: the toll road just yeah, north the of the waterfall there. Was, but it's not a Coors. Kind of by the AEC, right? You got it. Baby yeah. does. Yeah. Baby does is the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I I I remember every time because we grew up in Abilene and when I come see my dad in Dallas, it's like always a mark like a marker that we're in Dallas. That was the coolest. That was billboard I'd ever seen. Yeah, that was. Unfortunately, it's now apartments. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That. Tore down uh, baby Everything days. is down there. Uh, so what was your first craft beer?
4: Uh, my first craft beer was um, Fat Tire. Fat Tire. Classic.
5: I would say Falstaff, but I think Falstaff <laughs> fell into the uh, mass produced. But no, honestly, the true craft beer that I first one I ever had was a Sam Adams.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah that counts for
5: sure. Well, <laughs> um, back in 1990. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was, yeah.
2: Uh, I know you guys list it on the website, but I just want to make sure it's still the same. Uh, what's what's your personal favorite beer that you guys make?
4: Hypocrite. Uh, it's named after me. Uh, I am the hypocrite. Uh, it's a good story. I don't know. This is a lightning round, so we don't. Get no, no, that. you can say you can no, no. as much time as you want. Uh, Brad tells the story a little bit better, but um, hypocrite. That's my cue.
5: Yeah. I think when we were we were homebrewing, uh, I wanted to make a. I think the way this originally came about is I wanted to make a pumpkin spice beer, hmm. and this was. You know, way before pumpkin spice beers were over, like, we met there were a million of them. Yeah. But there was, like, one or two on the market, and and Darren, to, to his credit, is like, God, no, we're not making spiced beers. Like, no, we're making <laughs> traditional beer Traditional,
4: styles. no spices. Yeah. No
5: you. spice. I said, all right, fine, whatever. So we went through something else. And the next year, I said, all right, well, let's make a Saison. He's, and he's like, ah, spices. So we're making a Saison. It's not pumpkin spice. It's spice. <laughs> So we brewed it and we brewed the hypocrite and he started drinking He's like man i think this is the best beer we make like, you're a hypocrite said, There you well, go. that like, makes that's sense a great, so that's a great name for a beer i like, so it's stuck ever since
2: yep so uh, no spice is only barrel aging yeah. <laughs> damn right
1: <laughs> so outside of your own brewery what is your favorite brewery
4: <sighs> we get this question all the time it's you know it's hard for us to act um, locally i mean i think pedical is just okay. amazing beers um uh it's it's tough for us to even get away. Yeah, <laughs> to go to different <laughs> places. I just love going. When I go out of town, I'll go to a different brewery, and, and um, or at least try different beers when we're out of town. Um, I'm going to Chicago um, in a, in a couple of weeks, and I can't wait to go to Half Acre. I've okay, been there before. Yeah. It's amazing beers, and I will be bringing
1: a suitcase of beer back. <laughs> Try to go to War Pigs if it's open while you're there. I, I don't know. Called? War Pigs. The McKellar, Pigs? Three Floyd's uh, collaboration Pigs. tap room. Okay, oh, if I, I don't know if it's it. going to be open yet, but okay, see if it's there. Okay, All right. it's soon. Yeah, <laughs> both, both
5: good breweries for sure. Yeah. Um, as far as my favorite brewery, um,
2: it can be brewery or beer. If you have just a beer, you want to pick out.
5: Uh, man, I will tell you that I said earlier, salty ladies. You know my top yeah. five beer. I think that's a fantastic beer. Um, Velvet Hammer, I think, is a fantastic beer. <laughs> I, I I am not a huge stout fan, but Temptress is a great beer for me. I don't. We don't make a stout for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, personal preference for us. Yeah. Uh, we just don't. Not huge fans, but can respect it, and I think Temptress is great. Um, there are so many. I'm going to leave it to this. I'm going to be very diplomatic about this. Every so far, every beer, brewery and dallas fort worth has been putting out some spectacular beer so as long as that continues <laughs> they're all my favorites i just because i'm a firm believer in rising tide floats all ships we still have yeah. a long way to go in this in this market True. to convert those folks that only drink abm AB bev mm-hmm. and miller coors products so as long as somebody if you're drinking a craft beer you're a friend of mine
2: and, and that's kind of a good broad texas question i just want to throw in there because uh, we've had this discussion before. I mean, Austin was the one that brought up all the craft breweries originally. That was that was the hub. Uh, you, only around here you only had uh, Franconia and maybe Rar. And that, that was about right. it, you yeah, know, right. for a long time. Right. Do you guys think Dallas is catching up in, in Texas across the board? I, think I still feel behind. like it is.
4: I still, We are, but I still think we're a little behind. A little I mean, behind? There's, there's yep. no doubt. I mean, Austin's still way far ahead. Yep. And I think we're ahead of Houston. I don't
1: um, think so. I think we've we're, caught up personally. but I,
5: I don't know if we've caught. He- back up. Number of breweries, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. The beer knowledge and beer palette of the city, I think, we are behind them a little bit. I
1: guess I was speaking of quality of beer yeah, more than the, uh, maybe okay. than the drinkers okay. themselves. So
5: I would say if you just go back and look at the number of awards that the North Dallas breweries... Or the North Dallas, excuse me. The North Texas breweries have, yeah. have won in the past three or four years. Yeah. Pound for pound, we're, we can hold our own against anybody in the state. Yeah. This city being what it is... Um, I still think has a little bit of ways to go in terms of, of converting some of the folks that are here yeah. but I will tell you the people that are craft beer fans in this in this town mm-hmm. well, we hear from them a lot mm-hmm. are passionate and knowledgeable and know what's a good beer and what's a bad beer and that's really? a great thing because you can't like I said earlier it's no longer good enough to be local or craft you <laughs> have to put out a spectacular product and when you don't they let you know about it,
1: right? <laughs> for better, or for worse. Right. No, it's
5: all good. We <laughs> want to know if a product. I would say it's good. No, yeah, yeah. We want to know if a product we're putting out there is not cutting yeah. the, cutting the mustard.
1: It's just the sometimes the, the hyperbolic comments get to me. Uh, well, that's
5: fair. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah true. That, fair. That, that, that really brings me down sometimes, uh, especially in some of the Facebook groups. But um, <laughs> so speaking of the, the drinkers themselves, um, if you had something that you could plaster into craft beer drinkers' brains, like a phrase or a piece of advice. I mean, what would that be? Do you have something you want to you would love to tell everybody, or keep in mind when you're drinking a new beer or something like that? Uh, like you saying, like like just,
4: put into their heads whether yeah, they're yeah. crap beer. Like maybe if you, a mental
1: billboard or something. Uh, I mean,
4: to me, honestly, it's just it's just local. Uh, it, not, and I, I don't mean local in the sense of Dallas. I mean yeah. local in the sense of state of Texas. So I- anyone in the state of Texas, you know, we're we're independent. Yeah. State right, yeah, sure, yeah. and we I just feel like we 're getting absolutely flooded by out of state breweries, yeah. and that's the to me, I think that is um, one thing that you know goes back to that deal I said the Austin deal where they had a Texas on top of their tap, and it 's an Illinois beer right that, that type of stuff just drives me nuts and right. i don 't care if you 're drinking a, a beer from Austin or a beer from San Antonio or a beer from beer from uh, Houston or dallas i don 't care. As long as it's Texas, because go for that instead of like bells that float or something, right. something like that. Yeah, you damn right, and right. that and that's the part that that's the part that kills me. And yeah. and, and and I I would just I'm fiercely Texas and and, and just w- want people to actually if from a craft beer mm-hmm. person in in Texas, just buy
5: Texan, right? True. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, that's a thing. Uh, yes. Yeah, so like, uh, okay. So mental bill- billboard. I mean, I I like to say that I I used to make people miserable every day. uh, And now I I get to make them happy because I get to hand them beers. And so I just want, I would say, remember, and there's the the homebrew phrase, relax, have a homebrew. Hmm. Um, It's the same thing. It's beer. Yeah. The, The goal of this is to provide a respite from the rest of your day and the rest of what's coming up. So remember, when you're drinking a beer, somebody put their blood, sweat, and tears into this thing, and it mm-hmm. may not be your personal favorite, mm-hmm. but it's still just a beer. It yeah. uh, goes back to the hyperbolic yeah. comments you're talking about. It's still just a beer. Let's, uh, let's relax and hoist one and have fun. Yeah. That, uh,
1: the one that always gets to me is uh, people will instantly, especially on our local Facebook group, is some beer you know is excellent. It's like, oh, it's drain poor. Like, really? Come on. I mean... <laughs> It, you know?
5: th- I, like it, I like it when they review our IPA and they say uh, too hoppy.
1: Uh, <laughs> of
4: course, yeah. It's it, you gotta. You basically have to bite your tongue a lot of times
1: yeah.
2: on on you know. You guys have a very balanced IPA. I, find, yeah. me,
1: I find myself biting I my tongue in defense of other brews. I'm like, I want to like like lash these guys. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's for so many beers. I'm like, come on. I,
4: Untap's oh. a great site, but it's it's given people such a soapbox to stand on yeah. and, and you basically just have to walk I mean because we get amazing comments and you get these ones where it's like a half a cap and you're just like and everyone gets Ray it every, similar
2: to every brewery
4: yeah. gets it and like you saying, yeah. it's too hot it's your IP too hoppy well then yeah. why'd you try it or whatever it
1: is and it's just you know mm-hmm.
5: it is what it is I So call, I constantly get cautioned to stop looking at untapped yeah
1: <laughs> fair it's, enough it's gotta be yeah really frustrating
5: it is, but it's, it's also really really gratifying it is it is amazing it, to see people yes. try your product and Share it with the rest of that community and yeah. say, I really enjoyed this. Yeah, that's it, It's such a worthy uh, app. and such a worthy thing to do.
4: It is. It is.
5: But, but sometimes you get a little butthurt when you get <laughs> half a cap and you're like, half a cap? Like I just gave it five cash.
4: It, right. It'll literally yeah. be the next person at the same location. Yeah, man. of course. Yeah.
1: And your natural—I mean, as humans, is your natural inclinations to like focus on the hyper-focus on the negative as opposed to the the I neg- know. all these other
4: negatives. You we just one right. guy. That's we gotta, like, gotta, you gotta let it go, man. You gotta let it go at the same because time. Because so uh, this is
5: actually, this is actually happened. There, there was a comment from a guy sitting at Whole Foods in Colleyville drinking Derelict, and it said it was a, a drain pour, and that there was something wrong with it, that it was sour, and there was like, like. Black- we have to go check this out.
1: Yeah, true. We'll go
5: out there and check it out. It's perfectly fine. And the lady's like, yeah, that guy's just a jerk. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, but but still, if there is a problem, yeah. that's I saw, I saw somebody posted on uh, DFWS Talk Craft Beer this today about got a six pack of, of another brewery's product. And they were mm. asking the community, has, has anybody else had this? Yeah. We as brewers want to know if our product, if yeah, there's absolutely. something wrong within the marketplace. Yeah. Absolutely want to know that because yeah. the last thing we want to do. Is have something presented that is supposed to be our product that maybe got infected mm-hmm. or some or there was something wrong with that particular can. Could be a bad something. tap line.
1: Could, could right. be a bad tap and line. Could that happens a lot. A lot. So yeah, we yeah, want lot. to know
5: about it so that we can put up forth our best uh, beer.
1: Yeah, so. we ran into that with the, the Carbach uh, Cherry Hill Fighter yep. uh, six months ago or so and. It was, we were good friends, and it was a diastole. And we know they they maintain their line. Yeah, I mean, good friends, obviously, a great crap beer place. And you came out, and it tasted like a pound of butter in your mouth. It's like, diastole in your face. Yep. Um, Poured over
5: some popcorn. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, uh, since you're fiercely Texas, also, what's your favorite Texas beer? Other than your own, of course. You said, uh, you said you said mentioned Lakewood. Yeah,
5: well, I like Salty Lady, of course. I mean, that's the third time I've said yeah. that. You are welcome, Cody.
1: Have you had the Imperial Salty Lady? We've literally... I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it on the shelf yet. Which so. one? The Imperial Salty Lady. Uh, I've had it. So, so it I'll good? tell you one of the coolest things. Yes, but, I mean, Salty Lady. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Salty yeah, Lady's yeah.
5: great. One of the coolest things that I, I love going to is the Texas Craft Brewers Festival. And if you guys have never been to that in Austin, it's coming up in September. Absolutely go to it. There are some... So everybody brings some their their best beers, and then they bring some of their rare beers as well. And there yeah. are some beers that, you just, hands down, like wow, that is phenomenal from breweries that you've never heard of before because yeah. you just can't get them you know, around here. Um, but
2: see, that's always our complaint about like TABC is. The big festivals, everything has to be approved, and then it can go in there, unless they do a firkin. And it seems like the firkin's kind of the exception. So, yeah, you're
5: it's, really uh, supposed to get firkins approved, too. but Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> oh, you, the, oh, okay. It all depends on what's in the firkin. Oh, <laughs> fair
1: enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. Do you want to answer that question as well? Oh, favorite uh, Texas beer? Yeah, I don't think
5: I answered <laughs> you, but <I> mean, yeah. <laughs>
1: Whatever. You <laughs> said I mean, Salty Lady. You're going to try again.
4: Salty lady, salty lady, Salty Lady, Salty Lady. I mean, no lie, actually. <laughs> salty Lady. <laughs> Uh, it, salty lady is one of my favorites. Uh, right. Queen of the Mist actually is—it's right there with it yeah. too. Because, I mean, it's like, okay, guys, you you took this
0: beer,
1: <laughs> yeah. and you made it even better by barrel age. Okay, guys. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I'm with uh, you on salty lady. <laughs> that's a great beer. It for is. Sure. That is one of those beers that's uh, it's so light and refreshing, and I it know, tastes great. so damn yeah. good.
5: And and uh, like, you know, I'll put a plug in for another brewery, Texian Brewery, um, mm-hmm. out of Richmond. Uh, mm-hmm. They were the only other brewery that I know that did a Dunkel and it it was really, really, really good, yeah. and good mm-hmm. as well. And that's, cool. I haven't had going that. Going back to your other question, yeah. beer we brew. I don't know, mine's still up. Although I'm drinking Golden Mustache because it's 97 degrees outside.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yep. Uh, last question: Is brewing more art or science? Art. Uh,
4: <laughs> brewing is brewing is more um, art. The, you know, devising the recipe is probably more science. Yep. Fair enough. I mean,
5: that's I would flip that. Huh? I would flip that. I would say devising the recipe is more, more art. Brewing is more science because fermentation is more science. Brewing is... Brewing.
1: Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Brew It's episode 107. Wow. Hope you enjoyed uh, the interview with uh, Oak Island. Sorry about the technical problems. It's totally our fault, not theirs. Um, but I do blame them for some it's, extremely good beer.
2: It's mostly Marcus's fault.
1: Oh, yeah. It's totally it's, it's totally my fault. Everything's <laughs> my fault this week, apparently. Yeah, of course. Uh, do us a favor. If you have a friend that enjoys podcasts, enjoys beer, point them our way. We'd really appreciate it. And if you have a minute, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can check us, out on old, <laughs> check us out on all the social networks, on <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Old, and, old social media. Yeah. And if you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com or call us at 469 573 beer. That's 469 573 2337. So for Dustin, I'm Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probes. Probes.